Letter one hundred and two of Letters from Egypt by Lady Lucy Duff Gordon, read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. To Sir Alexander Duff Gordon, Luxor, April nineteenth, eighteen sixty-seven. Dearest Alec, I have been much amused lately by a new acquaintance who, in romances of the last century, would have been called an Arabian sage. Sheikh Abdurrahman lives in a village half a day's journey off and came over to visit me and to doctor me according to the science of Galin and Avicenna. Fancy a tall, thin, graceful man, with a grey beard and liquid eyes, absorbed in studies of the obsolete kind, a doctor of theology, law, medicine, and astronomy. We spent three days in arguing and questioning. I consented to swallow a potion or two which he made up before me of very innocent materials." My friend is neither a quack nor superstitious, and two hundred years ago would have been a better physician than most in Europe. Indeed, I would rather swallow his physic now than that of many an M.D. I found him, like all the learned theologians I have known, extremely liberal and tolerant. You can conceive nothing more interesting and curious than the conversation of a man learned and intelligent, and utterly ignorant of all our modern Western science." If I was pleased with him, he was enchanted with me, and swore by God that I was a mufti, indeed, and that a man could nowhere spend time so delightfully as in conversation with me. He said he had been acquainted with two or three Englishmen who had pleased him much, but that if all Englishwomen were like me, the power must necessarily be in our hands, for that my akil, brain, intellect, was far above that of the men he had known." He objected to our medicine that it seemed to consist in palliatives, which he rather scorned, and aimed always at a radical cure. I told him that if he had studied anatomy he would know that radical cures were difficult of performance, and he ended by lamenting his ignorance of English or some European language, and that he had not learned our ilum science also. Then we plunged into sympathies, mystic numbers, and the occult virtues of stones, etc., and I swallowed my mixture— consisting of licorice, cumin, and soda, just as the sun entered a particular house, and the moon was in some favourable aspect. He praised to me his friend, a learned Jew of Cairo. I could have fancied myself listening to Abu Suleiman of Cordova, in the days when we were the barbarians and the Arabs were the learned race. There is something very winning in the gentle, dignified manners of all the men of learning, I have seen here, and their homely dress and habits make it still more striking." I longed to photograph my sheikh as he sat on the divan, pulling manuscripts out of his bosom, to read me the words of El-Hakim Lokman, or to overwhelm me with the authority of some physician whose very name I had never heard. The hand of the government is awfully heavy upon us. All this week the people have been working night and day cutting their unripe corn, because three hundred and ten men are to go to-morrow to work on the railroad below Siut. This green corn is, of course, valueless to sell and unwholesome to eat, so the magnificent harvest of this year is turned to bitterness at the last moment. From a neighboring village all the men are gone, and seven more are wanted to make up the corvée. The population of Luxor is one thousand males of all ages, so you can guess how many strong men are left after three hundred and ten are taken. I don't like to think too much about seeing you and Maurice next winter, for fear I should be disappointed. If I am too sick and wretched, I can hardly wish you to come, because I know what a nuisance it is to be with one always coughing and panting, and unable to do like other people. But if I pick up tolerably this summer, I shall indeed be glad to see you and him once more. 
This house is falling sadly to decay, which produces snakes and scorpions. I sent for the Hawi, snake-catcher, who caught a snake, but who can't conjure the scorpions out of their holes. One of my fat turkeys has just fallen a victim, and I am in constant fear for little Bob, only he is always in Omar's arms. I think I described to you the festival of Sheikh Gibriel, the dinner, the poets who improvised. This year I had a fine piece of declamation in my honor. A real calamity is the loss of our good Maon, Salim Effendi. The Mudder hailed him from his steamer to go to Kenna directly, with no further notice. We hoped some good luck for him, and so it would have been to a Turk. He is made overseer to the poor people at the railway work, and only gets two pounds five shillings per month additional. He has to keep a horse and a donkey, and to buy them and to hire a saiz, and he does not know how to squeeze the fellaheen. It is true, however close you skin an onion, a clever man can always peel it again, which means that even the poorest devils at the works can be beaten into given a little more, but our dear Salim, God bless him, will be ruined and made miserable by his promotion. I had a very woeful letter from him yesterday. End of letter 102. Read by Sibella Denton. All LibriVox files are in the public domain. For more information, please visit LibriVox.org.